Welcome to episode 7 of the Everyday Lions podcast. So, how's my week looked? Pretty good. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I've still been doing the study and uh, closing out on that, which is nice. I've also been organising group sessions for my interval training, which will be on a Monday and Thursday. So if you are keen, um, please head over to www.everydaylines.org and check those out. They just won't be at Meercroft. I'm planning lots of different areas to do sessions. So it also got me thinking about my own journey that I've been on recently. Uh, the one of sobriety. For me, this is my second longest time since I was 16, 17 years of age uh, that I've been able to get eight months sober up. And that's great. And to be able to compare the two journeys uh, has been fantastic. And there's definitely been growth as a human. Uh, yeah, I still have days where I get cravings and, and I do want to drink, but uh, I think I'm much more well-equipped this time around. and. And yeah, I'm just taking day by day. Uh, yeah, and, and that's been fantastic personally. But in regards to COVID-19, uh, it's exciting that we go to stage two restrictions and from 3 p.m. Friday, we're allowed to have bigger groups in running and that's awesome. I don't think Soulmates locally is uh, going to do groups as yet, which is, which is fair enough. And I can totally understand why they'll want to do that. But yeah, I think, you know, we're not too far away from um, getting out of this, this, uh, this experience that we've had as humans. And, and I'm pretty sure everyone will agree that uh, when we can get back to doing what we love, um, it'll just be awesome. So this week's guest is Mitch Cashin. Mitch Cashin is a Tasmanian born runner, but now lives in Melbourne. Uh, he has a pretty impressive resume of personal bests and is the current record holder of Devonport Park Run with 1507. Uh, he, yeah, it's it's a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I found out some new stuff. Uh, he currently works for the Hawthorne Club. We'll talk about that as well. And we talk about his current injuries that he's suffering at the moment. Um, yeah, if you enjoy this podcast, please let Mitch know. I reckon that he would think that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, until next time, happy running. Welcome to episode eight of the Everyday Lions podcast. I've been really looking forward to this episode. Today we have Mitch Cashin. Uh, for any Devonport people out there, you might know Mitch as the Devonport Park Run record holder. And he's also uh, won stall athletic carnival events a couple of times. Are you there, Mitch? I am, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, how's your day been? Yeah, just um, just uh, just just work today. Nothing, nothing too exciting, but um, it's always nice to uh, for the Friday just have a pizza, relax, do something pretty casual, and have a chat to you. Cool, cool. And can you tell me uh, what what work looks like for you? What do you what do you what do you do for a crust? 
Well, um, do you want the in in coronavirus times or just in normal in the normal world? Answer. We'll go normal first, and then we can highlight everything that's been happening in the world as we know it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got um, so I'm I work I work at the Hawthorne Footy Club in in the recruiting department. Um, so I've done that job for about about five years now. So I'm I'm I do a lot of the obviously watch footy on weekends, um, which is the, the sort of the interesting part of the job that everyone wants to talk about. But then during the week, there's a lot of work with, with cutting up vision and editing stats and create, making, making booklets for the team to sort of do their work off. And um, a lot of meetings just talking about players and what you've watched and um, sort of backtracking over those meetings, going through that stuff. And, you know, it all leads up to our big grand final at the end of the year, which is the, which is the draft, um, but there's a lot of little things, including player contracting and everything that goes on with that. That um, I'm involved in a fair bit. But, um, so that's that's the normal job. Um, and can I ask first of all, who do you go for? Who's your footy team? Well, I have, <clears throat> I did. I actually grew up uh, as a West Coast supporter, oh, um, right? <laughs> which, which is a bit odd, coming obviously growing up in Devonport. Um, but my answer to that when people question it is, well, who am I meant to pick? We don't, we don't have a team. Give yeah, us, a, give us a team, and I'll support them. But um, Good yeah, I, I, uh, I think I'm starved. I've, I've probably shifted to Hawthorne by now. Uh, obviously, I've got a, I've got a soft spot for for the Eagles. But um, pretty, pretty yeah, successful team, though. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, um, well, for the two teams, the two teams I now I'm now close to. Um, there's been a lot of success, so so I'm yeah, lucky there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Corona, Corona job. What well, it started started that this week. So I've had Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So obviously, people who are into footy will know that um, <clears throat> clubs are back training in small groups and then in bigger groups next week. Um, and because of all the all the changes and everything that's going on uh, at footy clubs at the moment, with our property managers, our, our property people. Um, aren't able to come in due to age restrictions because a lot of them are old, older guys who are on sort of part-time casual work and um, they can't come in. So I've been lucky enough to sort of been thrown a lifeline a little bit to come and do that role for a while, which is very different. Um, but, but you sort of, I think anyone, anyone right now would appreciate that you just do what, what needs to be done. And if that means, and I've been told it means that I get to, get to come back and, and continue working next year in my old, job um then i'm obviously going to do it it's it's very different times at the moment though but yeah. um I've, I basically at the moment my day is pretty much i just sanitize equipment sanitize footies <laughs> sanitize <laughs> gym equipment i sanitize seats and handles and yeah um that's 50 percent of my day really at the moment so i'm pretty sick of the spray bottle <laughs> yeah and and I, I can imagine, like anyone, I don't think anyone saw this coming, and it happened. Everything happened so quickly. Um, yeah, mate. That's yeah. I, like you said, you're working, which is good as well. Um, yeah, and that's that's the thing that um, you sort of you've got to remind yourself that there's a lot of people and mates, close people, people I'm close to from work who aren't in that good a position, and other people I know, and it's it's it's. Um, it's a real challenge for a lot of people at the moment. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty thankful just to be able to say I can go to work each day. Yeah, yeah, cool. And um, can I can I ask how 
you got into that sort of work? Was <coughs> you do study in that area or? Uh, I did a bit of study. I, I, I went to Deakin Uni and studied sport development, which is a pretty generic sort of sports course. Um, it didn't, I didn't know what it would lead to. It was just something I thought I'd be interested in. Like most people at that age, I reckon you were the same. You had no idea what you wanted to do. Um, yeah. I just knew I loved sport. And if there was an opportunity to work in it, um, I'd, I'd jump at it. But I, right. I did manage to, I worked for, uh, as a trainee for AFL TAS in a gap year before uni, which was actually a big, big help to me because it gave me some contacts to sort of speak to once I finished uni and I come back and say, Hey, I've been to uni now. Um, if you, if you know of anyone or who might be able to keep me in the loop for any jobs, um, <clears throat> that'd be awesome. And I had a few people I could speak to like that, um, through different, different avenues. Right. And then sort of some, a role came up at Hawthorne in, in the footy ad administration team, not in recruiting. Um, and they contacted me and said, and I'd had a coffee with, with a guy there and he said um, they, want, they wanted me to come and apply because they don't advertise a job like that because they get, you know, like about, they get thousands of applications. Yeah. So they prefer to just sort of pick people they know and they, can, they think they can trust a bit and then they have, you know, four or five interviews and go from there. So yeah. and I, I was sort of in a lot of ways, right place, right time in, as far as the recruiting role in that <clears throat> the footy cap came in that had to um, limit spending in footy departments. Yeah. So where in the past, maybe a, a more senior um, experienced recruiter might get paid good money. Um, they might, they might have, they sort of cut someone like that or they were moving on and they realized they could save money by bringing in basically a young bloke like me at the time who um, they didn't have to pay much, but would be able to do all the computer stuff and all the admin work and they could teach the recruiting stuff as, as he went along. And that's basically um, what I've been lucky enough to be able to do and been doing that for about five years now. And awesome. um, it's a pretty cool thing to say you do for a job. You get to go and watch footy. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like uh, the, I mean, you hear this over and over again, sometimes it's who you know and having some good connections as well, which, Sounds like you did that prac and it, and it led to an awesome job, which is, which is terrific. Yeah. And that's like, it's, you get a lot, you get people who sort of say, oh, I want to work in footy. What do you, what do you recommend? And like, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's a bit cliche because you sort of always hear that when you're doing a sports course and you sort of get sick of people saying you've got to network and meet people. And um, I'd be honest and say, oh, I probably wasn't that good at that while I was at uni. Um, but I was lucky in the sense that I'd done a bit in Tassie and I had some contacts that could help me work my way through. Um, but yeah, it is a challenge. It is a real challenge for people, but once you get that in, you just gotta, you just gotta stick at it. And usually if you stick at it and you, you apply yourself and you do, you do your best, then yeah. you can, you can hang around for a while unless until coronavirus hits, which, which can throw a real spanner in the works these days. Absolutely, mate. We're not the only one. It's, uh, yeah, it's affected yeah. everyone. And I was just coping and trying to get back to normal, normal yeah. life, I guess. Yeah. And we are a running podcast, I suppose. So we better start talking a little bit of running. I think what most people will be interested in or know you from is the Devonport Park Run record. But <laughs> you want to start by telling me how you got into running and then some of your PBs as well. So the listeners have an idea of how good you are. 
Yeah, uh, well, um, my my running my short running running career at this stage it's a little bit of a concern for me that it might I might be at the end of it with a couple of injuries. But um, I started when I was about twenty three, um, so I I played footy up until that age, um, and it sort of coincided a little bit with with my work, meaning sort of saying to me. Um, well, respectfully, but saying, look, you, you can't play footy anymore because we need you to work on weekends. Um, so I finished a footy season and just said, right, that's that's probably it for me being able to play footy anymore. Um, but I'm a I'm a naturally sort of competitive competitive person. I, I need to have an outlet where I can challenge myself and I, I, I guess feel good about myself, which is in many ways what running is was for me. Um, and so I, I sort of I'd been introduced a little bit um, through the through the Powell family uh, to to the world of running in on the northwest coast in particular, which was quite different different for me. I, I sort of never knew anything about it, um, and then jokingly said, "Oh, I'll I'll train up and run in the carnivals because um, I'd always been all right at footy time trials and stuff like that." Um, I said, "I'll train up in the carnivals and just for a bit of a laugh, basically." Um, and I, I did that and I sort of, I, I enjoyed it to an extent, but I was sort of like, I, I know if I did this properly, I would enjoy it a lot more. Um, so yeah. it was a gradual process over about six months of probably or four, four months of sort of easing into, um, thinking, yeah, this might be a sport I want to try and do properly. It took me a while because I didn't like the idea of... <laughs> going for a run every day because usually it, when you're yeah. when you're a footballer maybe two runs a week um sort of pulls you up that's about enough but um i slowly i slowly came around to it and, and then it became a bit of an addiction as it is for a lot of people yeah great uh i think and do you find now did you actually did you want to explain your injury probably first of all and what's happened there to slow you down yeah so about um it sounds silly now, but because it's so long ago, but about, uh, it's sort of something I had all the time when I was running. Um, but I, I've got this patella tendinopathy in my right knee, um, okay. which, which sort of really started to flare up around a bit over 18 months ago now. Um, and it's been a constant and what I, I, I was running with it for quite a while and probably shouldn't have been and sort of pushing through the pain to the point where it, it really, became a bit of a chronic problem um right. and then i sort of tried to i tried to really stop everything and ease right back and, and get back into it but sort of took a six to nine months to try and really strengthen everything around you know glutes hammies quads and to really work on that and then it just hasn't been able to take properly and because there's so many tendons tendons i'm learning now i had no idea before but there's such a interesting part of the body in that they want they want load, yes. but they don't want too much load. Yeah. And so and having that having that ability to sort of um, when you're training and when you're starting to go all right, as soon as there's pain, stop. That's been it's been a real challenge for me. Um, yeah. Because I, once once you sort of start to get going and do a couple of runs a week, you start getting excited and you start getting back into it. And it's been a it's been a battle, um, yeah. but I'm still trying. Uh, but at the moment it's been about yeah about 18 months since I've been able to run properly um, yeah yeah and that's and that's so difficult to and, and like you said tendons I've 
I've got a sim, not knees, but I've got a similar thing with my Achilles. Mm. It's, it's a fine line between too much load and then, you know, it doesn't like it and it gets angry and yeah. square one or yeah. So what, what is the physio saying now, mate? What's, um, I sort of recently had a, I was getting back, been able to run a bit and I was, um, it's, it's such, it's such a small amount, um, for most of the people that would listen to this, but 40, I was just getting up to about 35, 40 Ks a week, yeah. which, which I was, I was starting to get excited about. Um, and then I had a bit of a setback where the, the pain just got too much for me to handle again. And right. I sort of went, I went to the physio this week uh, at work cause I'm able to see the guys from work and, um, he sort of, I was a bit down in the dumps about it and like, I'm a bit sick of this. I think I'm just going to stop trying. He said, Oh, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. You've just got to keep, keep building the load and keep working at um, strengthening and getting your tendon, accepting the, accepting the pain. And yeah. so, yeah. I mean, hopefully he's right, but we'll, we'll um, and when you say yeah. strengthening, I mean, I've got an idea, but can you explain the sort of things you do? You get in the weight room and, yeah, so for, for that, um, obviously right now I've not been able to run. I just do your normal sort of weights as well. But for the, there's just a lot of um, glute, hamstring, quad work, uh, a lot of stability sort of stuff. Um, the biggest exercise is just um, leg extensions, okay. and ma- mainly holds. Um, yeah, thing, things like wall sits and squats and um, glute bridges. They're, yeah. they're the sort of main main areas, and obviously I've been doing it for about eighteen to eighteen to eighteen months or so now. So I've got uh, pretty much every glute exercise in the book down yeah. pat. Um, yeah. So that's that's been something. It's been good though because I've learned a lot about the body and um, how how important those muscles are. That you sort of I think runners in particular just assume they're just always working and yeah, you don't always, you don't really think about it until you, until you really need them. Um, but yeah, I've, I've learned a lot about that, which has been good. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll touch on how you've used the facilities down the track later, but mm. uh, can you tell the listeners your PBs as well? If that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll think for 1500, um, 349 which is the one that that was the one I really worked hard at um in my couple of years at running I always wanted to go under 350 and I was able to do that eventually um other PBs I've never really I've never done a 5k on the track which I'm a bit disappointed about um so I think my 5k official 5k PB is actually the park run one right um which is 15 you might be able to help. 1508 or 15. It's, it's in that range somewhere. I was going to say 1507, but there's a story behind that too, isn't it? Uh, is there? Yeah. Did you have to do your shoelace up? Is that? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah I did. <laughs> yeah, I think so it was, yeah, that's right. It was 1507 and my shoelace came undone. Yeah. Um, we're, yes. We're breaking 15 then. Yeah. Well, I, I, I ran a, uh, there's a Sandown relays in for the AV cross country where they do a 6.3 or something. And, Yep. I remember running that one day and I went through five Ks and my watch clicked over. I was at 1450. Yeah. And so I like to claim that one as my, my five K. Yeah, yeah. That, that is for sure. I mean, even going by your three K PB, do you know? Like, oh yeah. That, that's uh, yeah. eight twenty. I just missed them. Missed yeah, cut yeah. going under eight twenty. there. I always just seem to miss them. 
<laughs> yeah, so I mean, I mean, going by eight twenty, you're definitely a sub fifteen man easily. So, um, yeah, no, no, that's awesome. So, I guess I, I want to touch on some, uh, some of your big running achievements. Did you want to touch on a few of those? Yeah, go, go for it, mate. Um, yeah. All right. Oh. Well, for me, what I find most impressive is that uh, you've done quite well at, at the Stall Carnival. Did you want to unpack that for me a little bit? Yeah. Um, so it, when I um, attempted the the Christmas carnivals in Tassie, my first year, obviously I was very new to to running in general, and I sort of decided to head head to a meet I knew nothing about in in Ballarat, um, and I ran there. I knew I didn't know how their season worked. It turns out it's it's you know one of the main events in the lead up to stall. Uh, I didn't know anything about it. I just turned up and had a run and yep. um, met my my soon-to-be coach that day um, after the race. And he sort of told me a little bit, bit about uh, how stalls kind of like their grand final and um, explained that to me and a little bit about the season. And so I just sort of went, oh, yeah, I'll go run in that. Um, yep. And, yeah, I... <laughs> I was pretty fortunate in the sense that um, I sort of, I, I guess I took it up in that, that prime age where you're, at, you're naturally fittest probably at around sort of 23. Um, and I'd never had any results or anything to, to sort of backtrack. So they just naturally gave me the, the novice handicap, um, which wasn't unfair by any stretch, but it, it really, it put me in the race. Yeah. Um, and it gave me a chance um, when, you know, so many people, and I know now at the time I just sort of took it for granted, but I know now people work for two or three years to get their handicap at a, at a mark that that's allows them to try and win. But they, I think, I think I ran off a hundred right. um, all and most of the, most of the runners is probably about 20 guys in between hundred and 140, 120 and 140. And so yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. So I just sprinted at the start and hang on, hung on them. And um, I managed to get, get a win at stall in, in my first attempt. That was actually um, including uh, high school, primary school. That was the first running race I ever won wow. uh, at any wow. level, which was, I, found, I always find quite funny. I wasn't a runner as a kid. <laughs> yeah. uh, so... Were you running what about four minutes for fifteen hundred back then? Was that you were probably in? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, it was just that the novice mark. So um, it was all right. Like, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good that they do that. Um, I feel like that's fair for most people. Some people you can work your way up, but you're not too far behind if you fall back. And it's pretty rare that it's that's too generous. Um, I was sort of lucky enough that that put me right right in the mix and. Um, I just got, just managed to get it done, done, done at the end. But uh, it, it didn't mean, it didn't, I didn't know what it meant to people at that time. Um, yeah. Really. I was just like, oh, this is good. Um, I, was, I was probably, to be honest on that one, I was happy. I was more happy about the money than anything else. I didn't really understand what it meant to people. Yeah. Um, and people coming up in the training group that I just started training with telling me about, how, you know, they, they, it took them eight years to win their sash or they've been trying for, they've been trying to for 10 and they've come second three times. And 
yeah. I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I just, I just didn't quite grasp it. But um, luckily enough, yeah, a year later, um, spending spending another year with with those people and the people in the group who you become really close with, and I really value a lot of those friendships. And and then I was lucky enough to to win again in in a, in a bigger race. Um, and then it really meant a lot to me because I understood what it meant to people. Um, yeah. Which did made you, it more special. Did you want to unpack that that bigger race for me and, and tell listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So the people who who know about about the stall stall gift or have been would would know that the the main uh, mile race is is called the Herb Hederman, um or the Herb by pretty much anyone anyone there just refers to it as that. And um, so that's like a invitational um race it's still handicapped like all the others but it's it's sort of you've got you've got to be at a certain level to be able to get into it um it's a lot faster a lot of a lot of guys run it who don't normally run in the in the pros they just they're just ammo runners um but they come they come and do that one to try and have a bit of a crack at winning some money so there's often some really talented runners in it and um <clears throat> i'd sort of set myself to win that because the first year going and watching all events, events, I was like, yeah, that's, that'd be pretty cool to win. So for, for the whole, the whole sort of year, that was always the end goal for that season. Um, I had some other success along the way, but that was always the main, the main thing. And um, I think I started that day off, off 60. Um, <clears throat> and I got a great, I had, a, I, the race really just panned out perfectly for me. I, I sort of, um, I reckon I had a group I was able to sit on uh, for the first just under three laps. Um, and the guy setting the pace for that was the guy that ended up coming second. So he was really dragging us along. And I just sat at the back of about six guys, just just sort of biding my time. I mean, it didn't feel like that um, to yeah. me. It felt like I was right on my limit. But then with about 4.50 to go, I sort of went, all right, well, I might not get a shot like this again. And... Yes. Had a bit of a crack, and then all of a sudden, no one went with me, and I was like, "How how good's this?" And I was able to sort of run around that that final bend at at uh, at Central Park, where where everyone's up on the hill, and all the blokes have who've put money on you, or um, really get they've all had a few cans, and they're really getting behind you. It's um yeah, it's a really it's a really nice experience for like um you know for your everyday runner, like yeah. not an elite elite sportsman or anything like that, but to feel that have that sort of rush of you know, a few thousand people screaming at you and cheering for you. Um, uh, it was it was really special. Yeah, no, it's awesome, mate. Um, and I loved how you touched on uh, Central Park and, and how good it is. I know the times that I've been there a couple of times, there's something special about it. You walk into the ground and mm. you know, you've got these big gates and big crowd. And, <clears> and, and like you also said, like it's not being a runner, you don't get that often to race in front of that many people. And it is, and it is special, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, it's something I've, I've, I've sort of almost done it in reverse in that I, I got to yeah. win there and I didn't understand it. And now I'm, I even learn more about it now. So my, my housemate at the moment, Ash, he, he's from Stall, um, and both his grandparents, they're always part of the stewards and stuff on the day. And I only learned the other day that his, his grandmother um, gave me my sash um, oh, when I won yeah. and, there's a photo where his grandfather's walking me over to the stage and I, I didn't know who these people oh. were. And now, now I know who they are and how much it means oh, wow. to the people of stall. And yeah. it's, um, 
yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool thing um, to and, be able uh, to have done. And your second win that was televised on TV as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, which was it's a good uh, good look back on that one, even though they got my name wrong um, for the whole of the coverage. But uh, that's that's good. That's just a good laugh. People still call me by the uh, Michael Cation. Um, that's what it was, yeah. So they still call me that. Nice, nice. No, I remember actually watching it. I think, mate. Um, was it 2017? That maybe? Yeah. No, actually, yeah. I can see exactly what I was watching that. So I was. I think I was coming down in the car with Troy Atkins and yep. we went over the side and watched the live feed on Facebook, mate. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. We were pretty chuffed for you. Yeah. Well, you had, uh, you had a pretty good day. Was it that, that day you, you came second? Yeah, came, came second. But I was yeah. like, mate, like, I, I just didn't, I don't know, I, I always knew about Stall, but I didn't, I don't know, I, I look back now and, and I think, gee, I wish I had won that. But yeah. But it's running though, isn't it? It's, it's you know sometimes in the moment you don't really think of that, but oh, but I was chuffed for second as well. So yeah, it's a, it's yeah. it's such a great um, it's such a great day, and some people knock some people knock pro running and the handicap running in, in the running world, um, and I understand why um, because there is a you know the tactics around sort of looking after your handicap and and sort of running dead for a while. I'm not a big fan of it. A lot of people don't like, but I can honestly say if it wasn't for pro running i would have i would have never run a race in my life um because i you know the fact that you you turn up and it's it's all pretty even you go handicapped accordingly and then you know by the end of it i'm i'm at the back and having to chase everyone down but um if it wasn't for handicap running i would have never got into running at all so yeah um, i'm definitely a big big supporter of it yeah same i i think I mean, just, just personally growing up, like I used to live for it when I was 17, 18. It's, it was awesome. Yeah. Know, this is back in the days when Devonport Carnival had six, 7,000 people watching. It was, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And you won uh, Devonport as well. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I, um, I won the, the 800 and then the mile the, the next year. So I think that was yeah probably the same years. I think 20, 2016 and 2017. Yeah, and what was that like when at home? Did you enjoy that or? I did. That was that was um, <clears throat> that was that was special for I guess different reasons in that um, the the first the first win the, the eight hundred um, it wasn't it wasn't that it was only it was a couple of years after my my dad passed away and um, I remember and not that I had never seen me run in my life and like it wasn't it didn't mean anything for that reason like he wasn't a part of my running journey or anything but I just remember sitting I went into the the change rooms of the footy club to warm up and do my stretching there's a photo of him in there and uh, I just went and stretched stretched by myself next to that photo and then I just sort of thought I sort of looked up and went um this would be pretty cool if I if I could win a race here and share it with my family and friends and and uh yeah, I was lucky enough to do that, which was which was pretty good, and then yeah. got to do it again the next year in a different race when I really didn't really didn't expect to. Um, Mate, that's lovely. I'm, I'm sure he would have been looking down. That's yeah, well, I, I, I hope so. He probably would have been happy that I'd, I'd picked a sport I was good at. Um, he's probably <laughs> sick of me trying to play footy, so I reckon he probably would have, he would have been happy Mate, with that. I think you've chosen the right sport. You, you're definitely talented, <clears throat> mate, and and. 
I, I enjoy watching your race as well. So you talked about your training group and and Mark Hipworth, your coach. What sort of influences he had on your running career? Um, well, I guess both both Hippo and the and the group has sort of um, just introduced me to the to the world of it, I guess, and 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 understanding sort of how how you train and and what you do, like. Um, like I had no idea when I first started. I, I didn't think going for a jog. I thought that was a waste of time. I thought you just you just go and run some four hundred each day, and you'll get they get you fitter quicker. Um, yeah. But you know, learning <clears throat> learning about about sessions and just, I mean, his his knowledge of running is is great. But you can get that you can get that from most coaches. Um, the way the way he really cares for the people in his group and he's, he's such a kind giving person is, is probably more important to me and to most of the runners there um, obviously he's got a he's got a real history in running in in all different distances I think he's won four times at stall and he's yeah. he won the Bernie gift and he's he's won any everything from you know 120 meters to uh, two mile um, yeah. races um, and I think the Tasmanian was <laughs> We'll probably remember his, his win from Bernie Gift as well because it was yeah, okay. a pretty close margin that win and it went right down the line as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, like it's 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 one thing. Like I find that running coaching in particular, you deal with so many different individuals and everyone's got their own level of own level of needs and 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 wants. Like a guy in the group, like like Michael. Marantelli, um, who's uh, some some listeners may know of, uh, obviously he's been running for a long time. But he he's someone that you know he doesn't need much help. He knows what he needs to do, and he'll go and do it. But then there's other people in the group that that really want and crave a bit of guidance. Um, and Hippo is just really good at uh, understanding those people and dealing with everyone. And as an individual, um, he knows for me that I've just got to chat to him for 15 seconds after a session and say good, bad, or okay. And then that's it. We sort of just, we go from there. He might ring me during the week, but um, obviously not much at the moment, but like that's, that's all I need. He sets the session. He says, very rarely says anything negative, which I think most runners, they need just that constant positive reinforcement because you always think you're, yeah. you're struggling a bit, but. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's been great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Just personally, from my close friend Troy Atkins, and 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 how he's been awesome, <coughs> and and yeah, I mean, I've been to a few of your your guys' training sessions, and it's and it's awesome. I mean, and how do you find that training effect with having is it sometimes twenty to forty runners, isn't it? Yeah, I think particularly coming up to the sort of through those January to April sort of months, um, there's usually there'd usually be you know, maybe 40, 30 to 40 at training, maybe three or four different groups. But, you you know, our sort of longer distance guys, um, we might have anywhere between three and 12 in our session. Um, and I, I don't think, coming from team sports, I don't think I would have been able to, wouldn't would have been able to continue in the sport for too long and wouldn't have had that want to get back into it whilst being injured if it wasn't for the team aspect. Right. Um, like turning up to a session and um, when, you, when you've been at work or you're tired and you can't be bothered, uh, but you turn up and you, you've, got a, you've got a 
a teammate and a, and, a, and a friend next year, but there's that little bit in your head going, oh, I'm not going to let him beat me. Yeah. No chance, no chance he's going to beat me today. Whereas if you go and train by yourself or train in a group where you might be a bit above or a bit below everyone with you, um, you, you can sort of slack off a little bit. But when you've got those guys around you, um, you can just go, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to have to make sure I, I sort of put my foot down here today and let him know that, let him know who's boss a little bit, which is, it's, it's all a bit of fun and you have the banter afterwards and all that sort of stuff. And that's what I've, I, I've really, I think that's why I've enjoyed um, running so much when I didn't realize it'd be, it'd be fun to run around in circles. <laughs> um, but that, that ability to just be, be competitive, but in a friendly and fun way. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, like you said, someone to keep you honest and, and when you're having a bad day, someone to motivate you as well. It's perfect. Mm, definitely. Yeah. And so you're, you know, like you've been running for quite now. Um, do you find that a disadvantage because you started off so late or? Um, obviously it'd be, it'd be nice, uh, to say, you know, I, I took it up when I was 16 and who knows what that might've led to. Um, but you know, a lot of guys who run at that age stop at 19, uh, and they, and they pull the pin. I think, you know, you, you can't, you can't worry too much about that. I think, I think it was really good timing for me and that it allowed me to have a couple of those wins, um, yeah. because I just came into it fresh, had no idea. And I got those sort of the novice standard sort of handicaps and I was able to capitalize when I was, at a at a age where I was I was pretty fit, um, uh, I I think it's funny in that right now I'm going yeah I started late but I might finish early with the <laughs> with the way my injuries are going so maybe I only had a, a two two and a half year lifespan in me but yeah um, no I think I, I don't think you can sort of look back on it and go oh, I would have done this I would have done that if I had yeah. started earlier I think. Um, it turned out the way it was meant to turn out and it gave me the success that I may not have otherwise had. So, um, well, someone, uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. Like you're, you're incredibly achieved a lot for the short amount of time, which is, which is amazing. Really? Like your 1500 amount of time is, is really impressive for someone who's only been running a couple of years at, at that stage, which is, yeah. I mean, for me, you should be super proud of what you've done. So. Yeah. It's, um, but some, if I never run another fifteen hundred again, I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty satisfied with that in in this short space yeah. of time. I mean, over on the on the whole, I'm not satisfied with it, and I'd love to be able to run. I think I'd, I'd I'm disappointed I never ran a proper. I think only everyone ran one ten k, but I didn't prepare for it in any way, and I I just sort of rocked up and ran. Like I'd love to be able to come home and run a Bernie ten, a Launceston ten, and and, and yeah. those sort of things. Um, and, and that, yeah. that was my next question, mate. So when you were training and, and things were going pretty well for you, were you always <laughs> a, a bigger mileage guy or? No, well, not, not really coming. I think my, my sort of, as a, a bit of a taller guy, bigger, bigger body, I, my, never, I was never able to handle, um, you know, much more than 80 Ks a week. Um, yeah. I sort of tried to push it up to that, that level. Um, to try to get it up above a hundred, but it, it, my body would just you know, get too sore, and I'd sort of break down a bit. And that may be a little bit of the fact that I, I didn't have a running background from a younger age. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I could never handle it. And I, I'm, I sit back amazed at, at guys like you and guys like the, the guys who do the inside running podcast and then knocking out, you know, 160 Ks a week and they're talking about how it was an easy week. Yeah. And I'm just like, how, how can that be possible? Like, I, like 60 Ks is enough. Like I'm tired after 60 Ks a week, whether if that's two or three sessions and a few jogs or yeah. I'm happy to push it to 70 or 80 and I'm like, yeah, that's a good week for me. Um, yeah, it's always, I've always been a quality over quantity and not by choice, just because that's what, that's yeah. what, I, what I have to be like. But I think you've hit the nail on the head too, because I, I just didn't, I just didn't turn up and run 180k a week or whatever. Um, ah. Over years and years of training. And, and I think you touched on a load issue too. It's a slowly progression. Like, mm. yeah, you know, it, it just doesn't happen overnight, but, but I think that you were getting there too, weren't you? And then, and then these, these problems started to happen again, didn't they? So yeah yeah but um and that's something i was keen to i was keen to work up so i could do those longer races because i my my two years in it it was just 1500s you know i'd, I'd jump in a 3k or, or something else <clears throat> just yeah. just as a as a race to keep fit um and to have a hit out but i never really had a real crack at any of those longer events and um you know I'd never thought I'd have an interest in running a, a marathon or a half marathon, but yeah. now, now when you can't run and you, and you can sort of, um, what, what being able to run marathons to travel the world and go to Chicago or, or Berlin yeah. or something like that, to, to be able to do something like that, um, just for your sport, um, to turn, turn into a holiday. So I think that's a really cool idea, but, um, yeah. you know, maybe that's something for five years. Yeah, no, I, 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 like, I hope it turns for you and, and you can get your body back in, you know, back in the right shape because I think everyone who knows you and, and has been watching your journey knows how talented you are. So you just need to get that right. And I mean, it's easier said than yeah. done though, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll keep working away. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to head away from the running a little bit. What do you like to do when you aren't running? We're doing this um, life now, I guess you could say. Yeah, well... I, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I'm big person on sort of friendships and how important your mates are. Um, and like, that's all, all, also a pretty generic answer when people ask that, but like, I'm, I'm, I really like to have those people around me. I'm one of those people that, you know, I love my, love all my family as well, but, um, friends, friends are really important to me and making an effort to spend as much time with them as possible, particularly at, at sort of my age and, so whenever I can hang out with hang out with mates or um, do anything to keep fit, whether it's gym or riding a bike or kicking the footy, um, that's that's pretty much me. But um, unfortunately, there's not enough there's not enough exercise at the moment and not enough seeing, seeing mates because of <laughs> because of coronavirus. But um, yeah, that's that's yeah. my my main stuff. Yeah, no, that's my I'm the same. I I I, I treasure my close mates as well, but. I, the one thing I always notice is the banter between your mates on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty pretty active for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's some quality banter, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we've uh, we've had some good times that and through our through our younger twenties, it was yeah, it was, that, it was that age where you, anything funny that happened, you put it on Facebook. Um, yeah, but, yeah. And were they mainly fruit footy, mate? Was that? 
a bit of everything. Like probably more more school. Um, yeah. And then I was lucky in that when I was younger, the guys living in Tassie, the guys I went to school with, most of us played at the same footy club, and um, we <clears throat> we were pretty much together nonstop around that age. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of those guys were all still really close now, so it's been been very fortunate in that sense we, we were terrible at footy <laughs> yeah. but we we made we made some really really close friendships that have lasted hopefully a very long time so um that's probably more important than, than winning games of footy at the end of the day yeah yeah cool mate no that sounds awesome and just coming back to life as well and 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 sport as well who are your role models that you that you really look up to um I've never been a big one. Obviously, as a kid, you always have role models. But as I got older, and, and particularly in the work I do now, I've I've sort of realised that everyone's everyone's just a person, um, and sort of idolising anyone or looking up to anyone who's in who's who's been really successful. Um, yeah, it, it can be really good for people. But it's just not for me. I, I do find <clears throat> I'll sometimes take a bit of inspiration out of just just people, people I know, um, whether that be sort of family, like, uh, my dad or my mom or my sister or, or just, just general people in your life. Like even, um, moving in recently with my, my housemate, Ash Cowan now, uh, he, yeah. he's, he's from stall and he's won a couple of times at stall in the, uh, in the past, but he's had so many issues with injury and he's had an operation recently. He's had many operations over the time and I sort of, Asked, asked him a little bit and said, well, why do you keep trying? And he goes, well, I just want to be able to run before I'm too old. Um, yeah. And, and it's sort of, and just seeing him continuously trying because he just wants to be able to go and race and do that stuff. And because it means a bit to him and his family, if you can run at stall and run in the carnivals and all that sort of stuff, it sort of made me go, yeah, what am I doing? I, I need to really, really work. And like, I, I like to draw, bit of inspiration from the people around me more than um people i don't know um, yes which i think i think once you get a bit older i think that's what most people are like yeah no that's very wise words mate and and like you said like if you want to draw from these people and so you got two wins that stole two is that yeah it was before i started i think it was 20 uh be 2014 i think he won yeah. he won the backies mile and he won the novice mile as well yeah. Do you guys talk about the banter about who's going to get in the Hall of Fame first if you get that third win? Uh, well, you haven't. That's that's not a bad point actually. I might, I might, uh, I might start using that with him. Um, yeah, I would. Maybe it's whoever gets the the third win. Yeah, that's. Or, but he he'll he'll always have the argument that he'll say, "Mate, oh, I'm from Stall. I had the whole crowd cheering my name." <laughs> I don't think I can quite I can quite claim that. So I better get the I better get the third sash just to sort of put it beyond doubt. Yeah, right. Can I ask how he's going as well? Even though this podcast about you, uh, he's he's going okay. He he had a he had an off about uh, eight weeks ago on his ankle. Um, yeah, okay. So he's just still in recovery mode from that. So he's not running yet, but he he's yeah. he, stretches, he stretches like a madman. He comes home from work and he's wow. He's got his he, uh, it's it's not even it's not even like 
ultimate professional sort of stuff. It's just, it's just a bit of a, it's just a habit that he, he's just become obsessed with. I think he can't help himself, but yeah. he sits on the couch and he'll, he'll get up and he'll stretch his car. Or he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll just, he'll grab the roller and he'll just quickly give himself a quick roll on, on some part of his body. And he reckons, yeah, wow. um, but that little stuff that I reckon I, I'd lost a little bit in, in the amount of time I'd had off. Um, yeah, it started, it started to fade like that. Those little one percenters that might help you in the long run, I'd just forgotten about. Um, yeah. but, but seeing how manic and obsessive he is, he was trying so hard to get back. It's it's actually it's actually done a bit for me in in realizing that life's too short to to just throw yeah. it away. I'm glad you touched on those one percenters. I like I think as you get older too, I know that I'm doing those one percenters now that I didn't. Try <laughs> yeah. Just to get out the door now, but um, yeah, yeah I, I think if you're listening in, like everyone can do a little bit more to make themselves a better athlete. Um, I think for me, it's diet. I, I'm not sure about you. Was that something that you were always pretty conscious about, or? Uh, uh nah, diet, no. Like I, I think that's a beauty. That's the beauty of being a runner. Um, yeah, and it's, it's something for me that I always decided I'd keep up my sleeve if I got to a to a real elite level um but but up until then i think the, the beauty of being a runner is that you can, you can you can duck off to kfc and share a dinner box with someone and you don't feel that guilty um and i think that's that's probably well, a little bit of my favorite part like i, I, yeah. I love running the the christmas carnivals at um at, in tassie uh but the highlight most years for me was after bernie i'd always go to kfc um, yeah. and really and really let loose there <laughs> I, I was actually more of a maccas man i remember demolishing three big macs one year yeah I, yeah <laughs> Troy and i had the biggest i don't know probably mayonnaise mouth you've ever seen in your life <laughs> uh, how, how good does it feel though when you when you do it and you you feel like you've like you've earned it more than anyone Oh, shit, yeah. So I don't, I don't even care. Like, I know I'm, this isn't going to hurt me because my body's just going to burn it straight away. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I think, well, that's a beauty because you are burning so much, so much calories when you run that far as well. And yeah. even if it's only 60, it's still a lot, a lot of training. And, and high-intensity training too is mm. – and it makes you hungry as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And what were some of your favourite places that, that you like to train at? Um. Oh, really lucky here um, yeah. that there's so many different spots. We we have a um, every Saturday our group trains at Caulfield Park, um, and we've got the same session we do there. It's basically six six three minute reps uh, with a minute recovery, and we just run the same the same course. We go out uh, and then we go back and out back out back. Um, and you do it every, like almost every Saturday through winter and then every Saturday you're not running through summer, not racing, sorry. Um, and there's something about the track. It's, it's a little bit, it's not completely just flat tarmac. You're on grass, you, you get onto a bit of tan track and then you back onto some more grass and, and there's little milestones along the way. So anyone who has ever done that session would know that, you know, if you, if you can get to the wall at three minutes, you've, you've run a good rep, which to, to anyone else means nothing. But yeah, I remember I, uh, I started getting to the wall on a rep and then you want to get to the wall and back 
on all your six reps. And then after I did that, then there was a tree past the wall and then there's a fence past the wall. Yeah. And you're just, you're just trying to just chip away at those things all the time. And it's funny how it, it, when it's not times or distances, it's just this little landmark and you can always see it at the end of your, at the end of your rep when you're hurting. Yeah. Um, it was real satisfying. So I've always liked training there. Um, and I've really liked, there's a couple of places to go for a long run. Uh, Waddle Park, um, which is near Deakin Uni in, in Burwood. And, and there's also out at Listerfield Lake, there's, there's some really good trails and stuff to run around there. Um, but I tell you, there's not many better places than to, to run than around Devonport, around the Northwest Coast. You can find some really good places to run there. And I, that's by far my favourite park run. And I've done, a, I've done a few by now, but like to be able to run along the water the whole way and be, be able to see the water the whole way, I think when you grow up there and you live there, you, I don't know what it is about being in Devonport, living in Devonport. You sort of just sort of, you know, that's just where you live. Like it doesn't mean anything, but it's, it's one of the nicest park runs in the world. I, I, ran, I ran one in San Francisco where you run past the wow. Golden Gate Bridge and I'd still put Devonport right up there next to that. <laughs> yeah, I think like you mentioned though, mate, you live there, you see it all the time, don't really think twice, but it's actually it's actually really, really beautiful. And it's even better when yeah. you come in on the boat. Like, mm. yeah, we just think, oh, yeah, Devonport, right here. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned your session, your three-minute rep session. I've done that twice, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Do you yeah. like it? I did, I did. And like you said, there's it's got a bit of everything in it. Um, like, obviously, got nowhere near the wall, but I... <laughs> But I know what you're talking about. So, yeah, yeah, cool. And yeah, it's a good one. Would you call that your favourite session as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that one and that just because of the, just because of the challenge it sets to yourself every time, you know, you know how good you, you need to be um, and you, it gives you a real good gauge of your fitness. Um, but I also love, like, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, uh, strange in that I love a, a 35 degree day running 10 400s. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I don't know what it is like that, that. That I think it's just the feeling you get afterwards, the the exhaustion and the sweat and the just how satisfied you are when you you know you take take your shirt off after two reps and you just really you let loose. I don't know what it is. I love it. Um, tops off or tops on then? That's a question. I, I any excuse any time it's acceptable, I'll, I'll go tops off. Yeah, right, yeah. For me, I don't, <laughs> it's the only time where it's apart from the beach. It's the only time where I think it's it's really acceptable in society, and people don't judge you. So, yeah, good call. Good call. I'll, make, I'll make the most of it. I'll be I'll be honest. I'm usually I'm usually one of the first ones to to whip it off. <laughs> I just remember once it was about a 29 degree day here in Devonport, and I'd finished a run. And you ran by, and I had me underneath the tap. You were saying, "Weak, that's so weak." <laughs> I, I hate the heat, mate. I can't. I cannot stand it. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I've never, I've never been a big fan of the heat, but I think yeah. it's the the afterwards. Um, as long as you haven't sort of dehydrated yourself to the point where you're exhausted, but it's that, that you just feel like you've got so much out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know why. I've always really liked it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you like the, the the sweating and the. And, and then knowing that you've taken yourself to the well, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that. <laughs> um, 
What's your speed like over 400? Were you, were you more like, was your speed always good or was that something that you really had to work at? Um, no, no, never, never really. Um, I've never been had any speed at all. Uh, I think, I think the fact that, you know, being a bit taller, once I can get going, I can, I can get a bit of, I can get a higher speed up, but as far as off, off the mark and sort of getting going, um, I've always battled in that area a bit and I probably haven't done enough work on it, but I did do a bit of work on, you know, trying to turn my, turn my legs over a bit quicker and maybe shortening my stride. Um, yeah. Just to try and yeah, just work on that cadence and yeah, what's um, the cadence on Strava? Yeah, yeah. Well, I started to I started to late just before I got injured. I started to take a bit of notice of it, um, yeah. and I start well. I thought maybe that's what <laughs> maybe that's what hurt my knees. I need to just run naturally, but um, yeah, yeah I, it's something I, I I think the good thing, the beauty about fifteen um, hundreds for me was the last lap. It's just all effort, yeah. Um, and you know, it, I used, it, it's just the obviously the the really elite guys have got that incredible change of pace where they can just um, they can just turn it on and make you look silly. But um, a lot of if you get an even race in that last three hundred meters, it's just who wants it, who wants it more, um, and that, like it's it sort of. <laughs> It, it, how quick you are doesn't doesn't matter too much. It's just how how much you're willing to to really put your put yourself it through the pain. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's why that that distance always appealed to me because it's like that in between distance where you're not a you're not a um, a full on endurance athlete, but you're not a sprinter. Um, yeah. You, yeah. You just really you just just going as hard as you can. Anyone that I think talk to, isn't there? It's, yeah. 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 See, oh, I, I hated it for that reason. Cause, oh. yeah. <laughs> you just want it to go all day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 43k any day, mate. So, touching on your 1500, where, where exactly was your PB? Uh, it was at Lakeside um, uh, in Melbourne. I think, it was a, I think it was the last of the... The last... Yeah, the last Vic Milers of the year in March. Um, okay. Just after the, the Com Games trials. Um, so I, I, that was a goal for a fair while for mine to be able to go and run. That was the year it was at Gold Coast. The Commonwealth Games was at Gold Coast. So we had the, the trials there on the track at Metricon. And I just thought that was a really cool thing to be able to say I'd run in. So I, I got myself really fit for that. And then I ran okay there, but then off the back of that, a couple of weeks later at, at Vic Milers, I managed to use that same fitness and run a PB. So. Yeah, great. Hipworth, do you see yourself coaching as well? Like, has he been a big enough influence for you to want to do um, that a little bit? I, I probably not at this stage. Like, I, I, I think the thing that I've always been passionate about with running is that is is the satisfaction I get myself out of that hard session, and it, I don't want to be. I don't think it's selfish in the fact that I don't. I don't think I'd get the same satisfaction i wouldn't be able to give myself enough to the to the um my, the people i was coaching um like i see i see what hippo does for his runners and and the things things he sort of puts off in his own life and the things he's just sort of he, he has to prioritize um for running and I, I just don't think i'd be able to give myself enough like i um 
I've got a lot of admiration for people who want to do it. I know you've, you've started doing it yourself and um, when it's, when it's that sort of real passion and um, obsession for the sport of running in general, um, I think that's, that's great, but I don't think I'm quite the same. I just love the, I love the individual challenge and the people you get to do it with and you go through it with rather than the, the actual sport. Yeah, and it does. And it does take a little bit of time out of your, out of your day, or whatever. And you, you sort of do have to have that passion and yeah, patience yeah. and understanding and, yeah. and and knowing that not everyone can do what you can do. And and yeah, and no, that's great. But I, I think if you ever did decide to do that, I think the skills you've got now are very, very transferable too. Yeah, um, and I mean, it might be something I want to do because I think I think you you probably get to a, a point in an age where you really want to, you want to help and you want to sort of mm. be able to guide people. And I think, um, it might be something I want to, I want to do, but at, at this stage, I, I can't, I can't see myself doing it. But to be fair, five years ago, I, I didn't think I'd ever be, <laughs> I'd ever could be able to call myself a runner of any kind. So um, yeah, the things that's change pretty quick. That's it. Direction's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool, mate. And so you're you're based in Melbourne right now. Is, yep. that, is that where you see your life, you know, heading? Or would you like to come back to Tasmania to raise a family? Or no, I think it's in Melbourne. Um, yep. Mainly in that I'm sort of um, yeah, all things going well. I get my um, I think it's along part of the plan that you know I get my old job back in in recruiting, and there's a real exciting. Uh, potentially interesting career there for me if I stick it out um, and I'll always have Tassie and Devonport and the family down there and the mates down there to, to come home to and I, I doubt there's ever going to be there's ever going to be many Christmases or um, anything like that where I don't come back just because yeah. you know that I, I love that time of year and I love the place um, yeah. and yeah. I love that yeah I love the people love everything about it but I think just the opportunity I have um, <clears throat> I think I'd be disappointed down the long run if I didn't really have a real crack at it. I think other people would be disappointed in me if I didn't as well. So yes. uh, I, think, I think he is home for the the future for I'm not sure how long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So career-wise, this is a place for you, which is, makes absolute sense, mate. I mean, what an awesome job. And and I guess my next question is, how are the Hawks looking? <laughs> I think we're looking pretty good. Uh, we played well in round one, uh, uh, and I think we've yeah we've brought in some good players and a couple of young blokes. They might not play this year, but we I think we're we've managed to sort of rejuvenate the list without starting again, which is what the what's always quite challenging. But um, you guys are amazing how you do that. You keep on. Keep on reinventing the wheel. Yeah, Keep well, hopefully, hopefully I don't uh, eat my words there and yeah. <laughs> come yeah. back. I'll get a few texts in in four or five months when we're we're fifteenth. But now I think I think they're looking really good and sort of the attitude they've they've got it um, to the year and the challenge um, is sort of you know embracing whatever comes at you and I think yeah um, that's that's a really good. Good message particularly in this time like i think they started you know started that sort of theory a long time ago and yeah had that game against gws playing in the snow and they sort of just embraced it and took it as as, as a challenge and something different and 
there's, there's no doubt that this season's something different and a, and a challenge again. So, um, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed that uh, we go okay. <laughs> and what's and what's that like being part of a premiership team? You know, and knowing that you were part of that journey. Uh, it's similar to Stall in that I, it happened in my, yeah. my we won in my first year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just sort of took it for granted and just sort of, oh yeah, this this must Pretty happen good, all yeah. the time. All the all the sort of <laughs> functions and stuff afterwards. I was like, this is all right, this is nice. Yeah. But then you don't get them again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 cool, and it, it actually at the time it probably drove drove my my running a little bit in it. Um, I I saw I saw that success and people having that success and it made me want to have a, some sort of success of my own. Um, yeah. And I know it's a, you know, it's a smaller scale, but having that elite environment and being around sort of guys who, who are athletes for a living and it made me just want to have, you know, somewhat of that lifestyle. Yeah. I've still got to work seven, eight hours a day, but I still, I wanted to be able to be, um, <clears throat> excel in some way. Uh, yeah, yeah, everyone's limited to what they're given, but I feel like I got something out of myself, which was which was pretty pretty good. Yeah, and you you've been injured on and off, and I think that this was the most impressive thing that I that I saw you do. I think leading into Devonport Mile, you were injured. Yeah. Or and you're able to use the Ultra G treadmill. Can you? Tell the people listening a little bit about that and, and what an actual treadmill, what sort of treadmill that is. Yeah, uh, so that Alter <clears throat> G, uh, most most footy clubs have them nowadays, and a lot of sporting sporting sort of organisations, you might find one, but they're worth about I think they're worth about one hundred and twenty grand or something like that, and you you basically just get in this sort of. Uh, like this sort of you put these shorts on and then you zip yourself into this sort of half blown up bag um that sort of only goes up to your waist and then it just you pick how much how much body weight you want to run with um which was usually around 70 percent, and then it just blows up gives you a bit of a wedgie it's a bit uncomfortable <laughs> but then you then you just sort of get running on a normal normal treadmill but you're sort of floating a little bit um so i did i did a bit of work in that and and i did a lot of uh, pool running in the lead up to, to that as well. Just, um, yeah, just basically running up and down on a spot in the pool, which I think a lot of runners probably would have done. Um, yes. But the, yeah, I was really lucky in the sense that uh, when I've had a couple of injuries in the past, I've had those um, facilities available to me. And I've also had the, the physios to, to just sort of speak to, you know, when I see them in the hallway for two minutes and just chat and, get a quick update and they can give me, give me a couple of things I can, I can do. And uh, yeah. I've been really, really lucky with that. Um, so. Yeah, yeah I can tell. I, I know when I'm injured and I, I always think, yeah, I always think you lucky bastards. Like he's got that. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we don't, I, I think there's only like one in Chasey that we can use. And, yeah. and like you said, they're, they're so expensive. Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But would you say that was probably, the main reason why you were able to, to get over, well, not get over that injury, but when, when that time because of that, would you say that was um, the main? I, I think the, the, not so much the Alter G, and that, that, that was, that gave me a, 
a little bit of confidence to be able to start running again. Um, yes. But I, I'm actually, although how, how good they are for you and the, the benefits, I'm not actually a big fan of running on it. Right. Um, I find like I find it a bit uncomfortable, like that wedgy feeling and the, sort of the <laughs> yeah. how sweaty and sticky you get. Um, it, it did give me the confidence to be able to go out and run again. Uh, but as far as, as, as actually the training, the stuff I did in the pool, um, when I look back on it now, I'm actually pretty almost more proud of that than any other running because you're sitting there and this is this is a pool at work which i was fortunate enough to to use again um sitting there in a pool it's 25 meters long there's no one in there it's dead quiet and you're just you're just running up and down on the spot uh it's it's just such a mundane process and and you're trying your hardest to to get something out of it every time and I reckon I did that for four weeks and, and did a good job of it. And now when I go yeah. and try and try and do it again, I'm just on board after about three minutes and I'll go, how did I do this for four weeks? Yeah. Um, I guess you probably saw an end goal, didn't you? You were yeah, motivated. I think that's probably it. You knew carnivals were coming up. You knew yeah. that you were fit. So we're trying to maintain some fitness and yeah. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more with pool running. Oh, I'm a total, total <laughs> advocate for it. I've probably done six months of it over the years and, and it keeps you so fit. Like it sucks. It sucks shit, but it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's uh it's it's hard for skinny runners too. Like folks <laughs> like you and myself, yeah. we don't we don't float. I think people don't no, realise no. that too. You've got to get the flotation device on and yeah, do all that stuff, otherwise you're in a bit you're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I know you're a busy man, mate. So um I'm just gonna close out by what are some values that you really live by? <clears throat> um uh, I'm not, I'm not a overly, or I'm not a spiritual sort of person in any way like that. I, I don't, I don't sort of think too much about my, like, obviously, like I touched on earlier, friendship, um, is something is important to me. Um, and having always sort of doing a bit to, uh, to help people out because you never know when, you know, he might come back the other way. Uh, and you might need it to come back the other way. That's something that's very important to me, but I've never really had values like particular words or a, or a phrase or anything. But I remember reading something about a year, uh, two years ago, sort of in my, in my life, I, all I was always doing was thinking four or five years ahead and planning or thinking about what my life was going to look like. And, and you know, I, I think I sort of forgot a little bit, like I was always thinking about once I get fit enough to even fitter in two years where am I going to run these races and where do I want to live what sort of house do I want to buy and I read this quote that said it said uh, live live where your feet are um, which sort of sounds a bit silly but then I sort of thought about that and it's meant to sort of say you know live in the moment I guess just don't get caught up looking too far forward and just enjoy the moment you're in and try and be happy in the moment you're in which um that's probably one thing I try and try and implement a bit, but it's not something that I'm, I'm huge on. But uh, yeah, that probably yeah, perfect, mate. Um, yeah, great. That's yeah. I, I can't say any more of that. I think I perfect. think it's a great little way to live. Um, Thanks, mate. Yeah, and thank you so much for your time, mate. And I wish you all the best for your injury. 
Yeah, you too. Hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully your starts to come come good soon. Yeah, no, I'm definitely enjoying this coaching. So I think, a bit like you mentioned, I'm enjoying this. I'm starting to slow down. I probably can't run the times I used to. So this has been giving me another outlet, which is great. No, Devonport wouldn't be the same without Brian Lyons running around, <laughs> running around the bluff. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, you enjoy your new job as well, mate. And, Thank uh, you. Cheers. I'll catch you later. Cheers, right. mate. Thanks very much. See ya. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mitch Cashin. I think you'd agree that this was a really interesting conversation and I wish all the best to Mitch with his injuries and he's a really talented runner and I hope we see him out on the track running again. If you did like this podcast, please reach out to Mitch Cashin. Everyday Lines also has apparel now, so if you are enjoying the podcast, you can head over and purchase some singlets, T-shirts and long sleeve tops at www.everydaylines.org. Also, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes and Podbean. So please leave us a rating or a comment. Until next time, this has been the Everyday Lions podcast and happy running.